Watch, learn, be inspired. A horse lover's dream is streaming to a smart device near you this fall. Horse Week, brought to you by Bowringer Ingelheim, is coming October 3rd through the 9th, 2021. Riders and horse lovers of every level and discipline will enjoy profiles of incredible equine athletes, storytelling that celebrates the horse-human bond, heartwarming tales of horse heroics, and advice from world-class trainers like Trevor Brazil, Patrick Smith, and more. Tune in from the barn, office, and the comfort of your couch. Equine Network is making it easy to watch the week-long celebration from any smart device. Visit Horseweek TV for more information. That is H-O-R-S-E-W-E-E-K dot TV. Hey, everyone. Welcome to... Gosh, the end of the 2021 Pro Rodeo regular season. Um, so, of course, we've got that theme uh, through the podcast today. So, I am. this is Chelsea Schaefer. I'm so glad that you're all here with us. I'm glad to be back on the score. Can we just talk about how good of a job Caitlin has been doing with this while I've been... Uh, busy doing who knows what else um, on our on our team but Caitlin has just been throwing it down here with lots of hard conversations great conversations and I am so so very grateful for her efforts on the score while I have been out and about so welcome to today's episode it's with Logan Medlin who squeaked into the PRCA's top 15 at the end of the season uh, with his partner Coleman Proctor so I'm excited for Logan he has this is This will be his second Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Last year was in Arlington. This year, um, it obviously will be in Las Vegas at the Thomas & Mack. So as we talk about in this interview, Logan's going to get a whole new NFR experience this year. So he's almost like an NFR rookie, even though this is his second time. Um, So in this interview, we're going to cover the last weekend of Pro Rodeo, which caused a lot of chaos, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of hopes and dreams came true as well. So Logan got to be on both ends of that, as you'll listen to in this episode. It was really an interesting uh, pair in the way the tour finale worked for Logan. So we, we talk about that. We talk about his ropes. Um, he's got a really unique perspective on, on his rope selection. Um, so it's interesting to talk about that as well as his roping and his riding and his horsemanship uh, because he's not afraid to be pretty honest about his shortcomings, his successes, um, and, and what he looks for in great horses. So we cover a big, big spectrum of, of everything that's going on in team roping with Logan. Um, and he's one of Rodeo's good guys, man. He is so good to talk to. He's so kind and he always makes time for us. So thank you, Logan. And I hope y'all enjoy this episode of The Score. Hey, before we get to this episode, I want to tell you that it is brought to you by The Future and Cactus Ropes. That's Logan Medlin's rope, also the rope used by Trevor Brazil, Chad Masters, Matt Sherwood, Ty Blassengame, Clay Cooper, and Ross Ashford. So check them out, cactusropes.com, wherever you buy your cactus ropes. I am sure they have the future. Oh, just running around. Got home a couple days ago trying to get everything back in order. Were you uh, lucky enough to have a driver? Um, to drive home and you got to take a private jet back to, back to Stephenville or how did that work? Not, not quite. I, uh, I tell you what, I ended up actually bumming a ride with Coy, Roman Mm -hmm. and Paul on the way back. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you I had to drive the whole way back because I didn't, but Mm -hmm. I did help some. (laughs) 
man, what was the mood in the truck with that combination? Like, it was a, it was everybody was in pretty good spirits, man. It was about as as good as you could hope for. Whenever you got to drive twenty twenty something hours back home, it's a long ways if somebody didn't do good. But everybody was everybody was pretty high on high spirited, and and uh, Paul ended up getting out a little early. He ended up flying back for I guess Pasadena, Pasadena. And stuff. So me and Coy drove most of it back. I'm not I'm not real sure if Paul really had a rodeo to get to or if he didn't want to drive, but either way, <laughs> he kinda of left his high and drive. But no, we we made it fine. We me and Coy pulled it in the rest of the way and everybody was everybody was high spirit, so it was it was good. Yeah, I mean I feel like we need to talk about this past weekend on this podcast just so I mean, it's fresh. <laughs> you just came up. It was really interesting. Like, now, can you tell me? You were you had to rope with Hayes Smith. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Coleman. Coleman ended up twenty fifth, and I was just barely. In, I think I ended up twenty third. But we had we had different amount of points um, mm-hmm. from earlier in the year. I had a little bit more money one than him, and a little bit, a few more tour points also from the dodge finals mm-hmm. and so there was there was a little bit of a chance i didn't think it would happen i really thought we would you know both make it i planning on both of us making it easy but but uh man it just i barely squeaked in and he barely missed it and so i had to i got i roped with hayes smith hayes smith's partner didn't make it either and so i roped with him and now Hayes, I, that was crazy for me, such a strange dynamic, because Hayes is the person who could have bumped Coleman out of it, right? Right, yes, yes. It was a, it was kind of a tough tough spot. Every time that we caught at Salinas, it was making it harder on Coleman to make it. Yeah. And, but Coleman, I mean, Coleman had, I mean, he was cool about it the whole time, you know. I mean, he was just like, man, he's got he's to do 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 your job and I mean he was cool with it and that's what I told Hayes before we we kind of knew we were probably going to get paired up before the callbacks came out when I realized that Coleman wasn't going to make it I knew I was going to rope with Hayes mm-hmm. I told Hayes I said I, pr- I promise you I'm going to I'm going to be doing doing my best to catch every one of them I can behind you and, you know whatever happens happens whatever happens is meant to be and yeah every time every time we would place or catch at Salinas it was kind of actually making it harder on Coleman yeah to get in so it's kind of a yeah it's kind of a tough spot yeah it really was I was watching it thinking about how you must be feeling like (laughs) I mean I know you I know you well enough to know you were going to give it 110 percent but it had to make your stomach a little bit sick or knowing it did it did it was man it was after ever Ever steering we'd run, it was. I was happy because we were winning, you know, making money. But at the same time, it's like I knew at the same time I was kind of making it harder on my partner to get in. But yeah. it all, uh, you know, I hats off to Hayes. He he uh, he did a good job. Kind of had an unfortunate deal there at Salinas, but I was just glad I wasn't the reason that somebody didn't make it. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Now. How often were you talking to Coleman a lot through this last weekend? Were you guys in regular contact? Yeah, yeah I actually had to. Well, I wrote. I guess I wrote my first one at 
Salinas Thursday night, and then I had to get on a plane early Friday morning, and I flew back for Amarillo, and I roped with Coleman at Amarillo Friday night, mm-hmm. and then I drove, man, I drove with him and my dad. My dad brought our horses from Stephenville and Medicine Amarillo, and uh, after Amarillo, we all rode back to Stephenville, back to my house, and then. I got on a plane first thing early Saturday morning and flew back to Salinas because I roped Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then Coleman was Saturday night at Stephenville. And so, yeah, I was I was Saturday night after I roped at Salinas. I got on, got in my room and I watched Stephenville, you know, on my on my phone and was trying to keep up with it, see what happened. And yeah, we were we were talking back and forth kind of all week. Yeah. And then I was I was supposed to heal for him at San Bernardino, but since I made the short round at Salinas, we didn't really know if that was going to make it too close. As it turned out, uh, uh, Taylor Santos made, he was a calf roper and he ended up making it, but he didn't know. It kind of depended on, on how he was going to do at Salinas on if he was even going to try to fly to San Bernardino or not. And Coleman kind of wanted to kind of get it, which I don't blame him. He wanted to get it nailed down and have a partner, for sure partner. If I wasn't going to be able to be there, mm-hmm. he didn't want to get stuck with a, you know, a bulldog or a calf rope or having to heal for him last minute. And so Kyle Lockett was entered with Aaron Sinigeny, and Sinigeny didn't end up needing to go down there. So me and Sinigeny drew out, and he got Kyle Lockett to heal for him. I heard that. I mean, don't tempt Sinigeny with not having to leave – Arizona, because that yeah. sounds like a, a good time to Cinegenius to stay in Fort McDowell, so I'm sure there was no complaints there that he had to yeah. give up his yeah. partner. Thankful for Cinegeny and everybody to kind of work with us, and it all, you know, it all worked out. I mean, I would have loved to have been there for my partner's last one of the year, but having Kyle Lockett back there is not a bad option. No. Well, and luckily it won't be his last one of the year because now you guys get to run 10 more. Um, exactly. So. exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Very, very exciting. And what a wait. I mean, it's funny. I was talking to the guys over the weekend as things were unraveling and there was so much going on that there was, I don't know. I felt as if it were hard for us to report on all of it because of all of the intricacies that were happening, and if this happens, and if this happens, it, it's just like the night after, or like the night, the day after, round nine, when everybody's planning scenarios. That's what the bubble feels like. It was just such a right. Well, then there's yeah. split partnerships this year. There's a lot. Thank goodness you weren't one. I uh, that was exciting to not be split up going into the NFR. So it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was uh, happy that Coleman ended up pulling it off, and and squeaking in right there at the end so that was that was good yeah absolutely now um all right talk about did you put drago in for horse of the year voting this year again i did you did i wonder I did. who else if, if drago doesn't make it what other hill horses impressed you this year um i tell you he's always impressed me but travis gray's little brown yeah Jim, mm-hmm. that's such a cool horse it um is. he was he was a cool, I mean, he's been good for a long time. Uh, even back, you know, when Joseph had him, he was a good horse. And I think he's just even gotten better, you know, the more solid and older he's got. Mm-hmm. That was, a. that was, he, I thought he's stood out this year. Um, Joseph always rides good horses. I mean, he, he never swings, his, swings a leg over one that's not 
pretty cool. His bay looked good this year. Um, I, I know he ended up riding his mare a little bit more down the stretch, but uh, his bay's a that's a cool horse. He's I've kind of you know watched him as everybody's watched him as he's kind of got thought more solid and he looked looked really good this year. I mean, there's lots of there's lots of good horses, man. There. Yeah. You just don't hardly you can't hardly win now nowadays not riding something that's pretty good. It's everybody ropes so good and and times and stuff are getting so fast that if you're cutting a corner in the in the horse department, you know, trying to get by on something less. Yeah. You just don't it just doesn't work. You gotta have something pretty good if you're gonna be able to compete and hang, I feel like. And you've got quite a few young ones coming up behind Drago. Are those ones all meant to be rodeo horses for you, or some of those young ones that you're making to to sell pretty quick here? Yeah, I mean, I'll I every young horse I buy and start is with intentions of me keeping and using, but mm-hmm. very seldom do they. You know, it's just hard to find. It's hard to find the ones that end up making it and mm-hmm. so more times than not i end up selling them but uh i do have the younger ones i've got right now are some of the better ones i've had in a long time and i really do i've rode the well the gray that i had this spring and rode a little bit i rode him not a lot this summer but i rode him probably 10 or 12 rodeos and he uh you know he's kind of starting to get pretty you know get a little kind of get solid and more dependable and actually i had to ride him because i had drago and salinas Mm -hmm. and so i rode that gray at amarillo and you know i hadn't i hadn't got to ride him we hadn't got to practice in three weeks or or so just because we kind of been blowing and going for the last month of the season and he's just six years old and i didn't really i knew he'd probably do okay but i mean anytime you leave a six-year-old off for a long time and Shoot, he he did good over there in Amarillo. I kind of I told Coleman, I said nothing like your partner just riding a green, a green a green horse. You're on the bubble, and I'm over here riding a six year old that hadn't been rode three weeks. How's that make you feel? And he was he was all good about. It. He said, man, I I got all the confidence in the world. He did a good job. I mean, Coleman laid him up for me. It, it wasn't like I had to, you know, like my horse had to yeah. really make a really hard move or nothing like that. He did a good job. And, but shoot, I thought I thought my little horse did good, so I'm excited about him, and I'm gonna jackpot on him quite a bit this fall, and and uh, my plan is by the time maybe next summer rolls around, if I still think he's what I need, you know, I'll have Drago hopefully still, and and then maybe something that's a little bit more solid I can depend on a little bit more next summer. Today's episode is brought to you by Cactus Ropes the Future. It is a core rope produced with Relentless, Trevor Brazil's brand. It is a four-strand, a small diameter head rope and a four-strand large diameter and full-bodied heel rope. And it is about everything you need, as Logan will tell you later in this episode, in all climates. It's a bright blue rope and it is sure to change the game of roping. They use the new manufacturing technology combined with a year of input from Trevor Brazil to create the future. It's got unique weight distribution that creates perfect balance throughout the rope, and it has an extremely identifiable tip. It's got friendlier shelf life as an added bonus. The Future comes in everything from a 32-foot super, super soft 
the whole way to a 37 foot medium hard heel rope. So it's got a little bit of everything. It's all available at cactusropes.com at your favorite Cactus Ropes distributor, wherever that may be. Check them out and you can also call 1-800-SPIN-WIN to put in an order and tell them we sent you. And now you're great. You're going to show him at the fraternity, right? Yes. Man, it's it's so funny. All the, you know, I, I know about the fraternity horses, the ones that the guys have been riding at, you know, the Red Bud, the Oil Cant, like all of the rope horse fraternities all year. But then I right. feel like come, come fraternity time, like Thorpe did last year, there's going to be at least a dozen of you who come out of the woodwork with these rodeo horses, essentially, that that are going to show up at the fraternity and, you know, go off on the corner on them. Is that is this, is this that your plan with this one? Or are you going to take, like, really aggressive rodeo-style shots like Wesley did last year? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm i going to be aggressive. I think I think my horse, is, you know, my horse, a heel horse will work better when a guy's being a little bit more aggressive. And, I mean, that's my plan. I'm, I'm going to have Chad Masters heading for me, and Chad does such a good job of, of setting them up through the turn where a guy can, you know, I feel like a guy can really ride around the end of it and hopefully show my horse. Like I said, this, I've never went to one before. This is my first time. So I'm, I'm just as green or greener than my horse. And so this is going to be a learning curve and, you know, just kind of testing the waters, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to looking forward to doing something new. Yeah, that's obviously one of our favorite events of the year. We, we've we gone every year and, and never seem to miss it, and it, there's just so many cool stories. And I've enjoyed, which you said this is going to be your first time, we've followed so many horses through the fraternities. Now, you know, the guys are riding, the World Series guys are riding. It's just a, a fun little addition to the road horse industry on our part, that's for sure. Right. Yeah. Very good. Now tell me, um, what was the highlight of the year other than – making the finals <laughs> was there a high point for you Logan um you know I've never I've never won a dime at Pendleton before never mm-hmm. never got close and when we were four seven in the second round that was it kind of we had or I had been in the top 15 Coleman had been right around the top 15 most all summer but then Kind of the second half of August and the first part of September, and we just got really cold. We just did not win hardly anything there for about three weeks, and we were blowing and going and weren't having much luck. And and then I tell you what kind of turned it all around is our second round at Ellensburg. Hadn't won anything in a while, and Coleman did a good job tournament and we were four or five in one second in the second round and it just seemed like from that run it just like flipped the switch everything you know we kind of started draw you know drew pretty decent we're making some good runs and i was uh i was kind of doing the the quick thinking in my head about from the second round at ellensburg until the very end we only took well we never took a no time. Coleman missed at Stephenville the second to last day of the year. I wasn't healing for him. That was the only steer he missed from Ellensburg till the very end of the year. Wow. Um, and so it just, I don't know. It just kind of flipped a switch. We drew, the steers were 
really tricky at Puyallup. You know, there were some that were very hard to get by, and we, we luckily drew a couple of good, decent steers and were able to get by some some of those and uh, went to Pendleton and had a really strong one on our first one and just kind of got him caught. We were seven and really thought we needed to try to just win something in the second round to maybe have a chance to make the short round, and we went 4-7 and one second in the second round and made the short round and it just seemed like the ball kind of got rolling and then we just kind of stayed with the momentum and kept catching the steers and kind of mm-hmm. kept inching closer and which Coleman like I said Coleman was about 5,000 behind me and so we had to do a lot quite a bit of winning to get Coleman caught back up yeah and it all kind of worked out it's awesome were were you down mentally at any point of the year? Like, were you discouraged at any time? I mean, not, I mean, maybe a little bit. I mean, those three weeks, you know, whenever in August, middle of August, it, you know, it was kind of starting to wear on me. Coleman does a great job of not, not letting it. You know, he's the most upbeat and optimistic. <laughs> I mean, that's he one won't way let to put you, it. He won't hardly let you get down. And so that was, that was good. That was something to, to feed off of yeah and, i mean it's, it turned out being really important because it was there for about three weeks to a month man it was very tough sled we were having a hard time even stopping the clock much less being fast enough to win something mm-hmm. but he just kept i mean we, we were both quite a ways back and he kept talking about how it's fixing to turn around we're gonna make the finals and it was like there's a month left in the season and we thought we needed to win twenty to twenty five thousand to make the finals. Is like, I'm not saying it can't happen, but son of a gun, it's going to have to really turn around from where we're at right now. And just kind of kept our head down, and Coleman just kept turning steers, and it kind of flipped a switch. And all worked out. Yeah, I mean, that's the definition of what you put out into the universe is what you attract, and so I'm glad that Col- Coleman's. He's certainly a bright spot in my life. He makes me laugh, so I'm I'm glad he was there. Yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. For sure. um, now, t- Coleman told me I talked to him for a little while yesterday, just because it's it's been a while, and of course he had to tell me that oh, now that I finally won something, you decided to call, which was very unfair um, of him <laughs> to say. But um, he he told me that he's been riding one of Steph's barrel prospects. What's that? Can you tell me what that horse is like to heel behind? It must be pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, he's a good horse. He uh, he scores scores really good, and obviously he's fast. Um, mm-hmm. He he does a good job of it. Didn't it didn't never really feel like even if some places that we had stronger steers, um, he always had a chance, even if one was stronger, because he scored good. Coleman could get good starts on him. And uh, yeah, he just gave us lots of chances. It was it was pretty cool. I mean, he, this winter when we were practicing before really any of the rodeos started, he was his, you know, what he called his green horse and didn't really, wasn't not planning on riding, but kind of had him, I would say, second or third in line. He had other ones in front of him that he kind of thought would be better or that he would ride more. And then as it kind of got closer to springtime, I mean, he rode him in the winter and and uh, maybe some other horses kind of got sore, and so he had to ride him. And 
he did pretty good. And then jackpotted on him a bunch this spring. And he just kind of kept getting better and better. And, I mean, Coleman did a good job of just staying hooked with him. And, I mean, there were some times where he kind of might have got a little bit green, but he just kind of stayed with him. And, shoot, by the, by the last month of the season, that horse – had a big part of why we made the finals just because he kept giving, you know, he started giving Coleman just consistent goes. He could score him good every time and he likes to run. He, he really likes to run. And so, you know, that was, that was a huge part of why we made the finals is that horse, you know, giving us a chance mm-hmm. no matter what. Very cool. Do, was there anything in your own roping that, um, you struggled with throughout the year and then addressed? I mean, when you guys were in a slump, was there anything yeah, that you I kind of, I kind of got in a, I don't know. It's, and I, I always had this habit. I've always kind of wanted to have a tendency of losing my space and kind of crowding the steer too much before he turns. And I, uh, you know, I kind of caught myself in the middle of August right there kind of reverting back to some bad habits that I thought I had <laughs> addressed and took care of that maybe I wouldn't have to worry about as much anymore. And I kind of had to sit down and watch, I mean, I watched a lot of videos and watched some videos of earlier in the summer when it felt good and just kind of got to noticing how I wasn't really riding very good shape. Kind of once, once I addressed that, got to staying off of them and give myself a little bit more space, then everything kind of started clicking again and I started seeing it more clearly and mm-hmm. horse felt horse felt better and everything everything kind of came back full circle can you break that down a little bit more were you riding too high on the steer were you too I would tight say just um what I would call not staying in my own lane uh-huh. um I have a bad because uh, I've I've always still I always watch the head I always watch the head rope go on. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I watch the head rope go on and I just got in the habit of just not even allowing my horse but telling my horse to start in really before the steer had turned in fear of I don't really know fear of getting left behind or what, mm-hmm. but I just didn't stay in my own lane going down the arena like I should and you know, it unfortunately it took me longer than it should have to realize it. I mean, you kind of get out there in the middle of a hustle and bustle, and for me anyway, it's it's easy to allow yourself to fall into a a groove and not really realize it mm-hmm. until you know. It took me a couple weeks to really really realize what was going on, and once I addressed that, and got to staying in my own lane, and you know, I watched the head rope go on, but then would zone in on the feet and push further down the arena before I let my horse start to, to turn in. Then I could just see everything started coming back clearly and I could see the jumps and, you know, then I went to catching more of them by two feet. So who it, do you, uh, that was a big, big part of, yeah, big part of why it turned around. Who do you like to break it down with? Like if you're struggling, do you call your dad? Do you talk to Coleman or do you like I, to just figure it out yourself? Yeah, me and, me and Coleman talk about it. Um, he's We talked about it some. but uh, And I talked to a few guys. Jake Long, I talked to him a little bit about it. But I tell you, I talked the most about it with is my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, he's he's a blast from the past, but he still, 
is in in tune with the game and still watches it and studies it and you know he's he's a good source he's a good source for me to go to whenever things don't feel feel as good and you know and he's not gonna beat around the bush either i mean if he sees something he's he's not gonna beat around the bush and try to sugarcoat. he'll tell me what kind of what he thinks needs to be done and more times than not he's he's spot on that's awesome it's really good that you guys can maintain that sort of relationship some people it might not be so easy for them to talk to their dad so that's right awesome. right <laughs> Um, were you switching ropes around? I think you told me you don't like to switch ropes, no matter the I climate. don't switch. I've got every single one of them is the same lay, same kind. I don't, I do not, do not switch. There's too many things that can change, from, in my opinion, and for me, too many things that change in team roping and in, in a run. So if I can make one thing be the same every, every single time, I'm going to try to do my best to keep it the same. And what was that rope that got you there? Uh, the the future the cactus, the future, uh, medium hard. Gotcha. Do you do? Have they let you uh, try out? I know we might be like breaking some rules or telling some secrets, but have they let you try the future? What do they call it? The all around or the future light that are to come this year? Try those. I have not. I have not tried any of those yet. Mm. They must just be giving those to the guys that are staying at home. <laughs> yeah, I guess they uh, very couple times this summer had to send me some ropes, you know, while, mm-hmm. I, while I was out there. And he just usually in the fall and stuff when I get home and I'm getting a rope at home and more, he'll send me he'll send me different ropes and stuff he wants me to kind of use and test out or whatever. But I haven't when I was out there in the heat of battle I, I had every every one of them was the same <laughs> that's funny you're so different in that respect it's you're one of the few people that tells me that <laughs> yeah yeah when I asked when I asked Cleo for that article we did on on rope lays that you helped me with I asked Cleo what his favorite rope was and he couldn't answer at all he said like and I've been to his rope room in his house and it's Every rope of every lay of every color, just for he's, right. he's a rope junkie. Um, and and if, he, if he does it like that, then maybe I should <laughs> do it like that because if, if that's what Champ does, then maybe I need to change my ways. I need to do it like however he does it. You know, Champ is so quiet and reserved that I feel as if people don't know. I don't know. We write about him every single month, but. There was so much about Champ that I didn't know until I went to his place this summer that his like his training and his riding that's just so different. He's he's such an interesting cat. Uh-huh. He's a yeah. monster. <laughs> um all right. Now tell me people were you said like having ropes shipped all over the place. I feel like maybe roping fans don't exactly know how that works. I know I get boxes and boxes and boxes of ropes delivered to my house because I live between Greeley and Cheyenne. Like, so the guys are always picking up ropes here. I'm like a shipping and receiving for team ropers. Do you right. have ropes shipped like to friends? Where do you have ropes yeah, shipped when you need? Them? I've had um, I've had ropes shipped to Rick Montera's before. Sure, there at Greeley. Um, I've had them shipped to, in the Northwest. I'll have them just sent right there to Riley's house, Riley Miners. Mm-hmm. And so I've got them shipped there. Um, 
And then usually after I'll kind of work it to where I'll have ropes sent to the house because I usually try to come home after the Spicer Grip mm-hmm. and before uh, like Lovington, Lawton, Hermiston, before we kind of start making I usually try to always come home just because I'm kind of a homebody. I always try to come home even if it's just for a day or two. And so I'll usually have a box sent there. So whenever I swing through there, they'll be waiting on me. And so usually between those three spots, I can, I can make it through the year. Perfect. Very good. Well, Logan, congratulations. Was number two, uh, people always say like the second one is harder to make than the first one, but I feel like you put in all of your efforts. Like you paid your dues to make that first one and now everything else is going to come rolling to you. How do you feel? Well, (laughs) I, you know, it's, it's awesome. And it's, I'm very thankful. I'm thankful to have a, partner that you know that rode good i'm thankful for my horse um that makes my job a lot easier um there's just a lot of a lot of work from me but there's a lot of help from outside i mean my family sacrifices a lot um my little girl and my wife they they got to go with me the last two months you know the last two months of the season but the first month during the fourth and stuff i mean they have to sacrifice a lot and stayed at home and 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 I've got my parents kind of taking care of things at home while I'm gone, horses and steers. There's just a lot of a lot of sacrifice, not just from me, but everybody that I'm very thankful for. And, you know, there's a lot of people that you say I paid, the, paid my dues. There's a lot of people that have paid their dues and roped good enough. And things just kind of have to fall your way for you to mm-hmm. for you to make the finals. And there's a lot of guys that roped good enough that, haven't made it or didn't make it this year or maybe never made it before that that rope really good but things kind of have to go your way and i i will say this one maybe meant a little bit more maybe not meant more but it was it was just a different experience because i was on the bubble and i had to i kind of had to scratch and claw down the stretch to to make it and i was able to to do that because i've been on the other end i've been in the on the bubble and not made it before mm-hmm. and that stinks you know and so to be in that same position and pull through and, and get it done was that was pretty special well congratulations logan i'm so happy for you good things happen to good people and i am excited that you are one and that that you're going back to vegas well i guess this will be your first nfr in yeah, vegas I, i'm kind of a rookie again it's kind of i'm, I'm kind of a nfr rookie again i don't going to be new to me but i'm looking forward to it that's awesome you get to experience uh both both ends of it one two yeah Yeah, that'll be cool well congratulations logan thanks so much for making time for me today thank you all righty i'll talk to you soon okay thanks again for listening to today's episode brought to you by cactus ropes and the future it is a four strand small diameter head rope a four strand large diameter and full body heel rope It's available in everything from a super, super soft 32-foot head rope to a medium-hard 37-foot heel rope. It's used by Trevor Brazil, Chad Masters, Matt Sherwood, Ty Blassengame, Clay Cooper, Logan Medlin, and Ross Ashford. It is a bright blue rope, and you will not miss it. Cactusropes.com, 1-800-SPIN-WIN. Thank you so much to Katie and Barry and the crew at Cactus Ropes for being with us all these years. We so appreciate your partnership.